It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 44 of the Redirect Podcast. It's Friday, April 27th, 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. I'm joined this week by Patrick and Ashley from the Black Truck team. Hey. Hey. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Friday. Another Friday, another podcast, sharing uh, hopefully some uh, some good pieces of information, a little round robin style again. Nobody has a single clue what each other's going to talk about. So, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna kick us off here with just like an industry update and then... Uh, and then we'll, we'll jump right into some more. But uh, Google confirmed last week that there was an algorithm update, uh, an, another one, uh, that it was uh, another broad core uh, algorithm update. It's still unknown if that's completed or still rolling out or what, but, um, but they did state uh, that it rolled it out this past, past Monday. Um, mm-hmm. So that, similar to one that was, I think, rolled out last month, um, they're, they're rolling more out. So, uh, there's definitely of the various tools like Mozcast and stuff like that. There's definitely been some blips in the radar and ups and downs. But this one is more to do with content relevance rather than the quality of the content. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they went, so yeah, cause the one last month was supposedly more on that, right? On the quality side, it's hard to say whether or not that's... True or not, but then uh, this this month more relevancy, mm-hmm. which you would think the quality and and relevancy would, to, would go together. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's almost semantics at that point. Yeah, what's the acronym you like to use? You've touched on it before. Um, Expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Yes. Google wants you to eat. Eat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've heard you say that before. <laughs> I just made it up. Uh, you? Yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> uh, for you listeners, it, the, what made me just laugh so hard was her body language and the way she said it. It just caught me off guard, and I found it amusing. Next, maybe, we, clever. maybe we should start to do it's very clever video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so keep keep uh, keep tabs on. Uh, I, I think areas to to look at when these when these algorithms uh, are updated. Um, obviously, ranking and positioning people. It's easy. It's easy for us to go and look at those. Um, but Search Console definitely, you know, are. Are you seeing more pages being indexed? Maybe there were some pages that weren't being indexed for some weird reason before, or ranks increasing, traffic increasing, decreasing. Keep keep tabs on that. I, I think that if depending on your industry vertical that you play in and your region, you, you may or may not be affected by any of these immediately. And even if you are, it, it, again, depending on size, scope, it could be a, a big shift up, down, uh, or... A small shift up down. So those are just a couple good areas to go and look. But otherwise, Pat, I'm looking at you to yeah, sure um, roll on here. So I've been playing with uh, managing some PPC ads quite mm-hmm, a bit. Mm-hmm. I've been focusing. On I'm that. glad you're playing. Yeah, yeah playing. I'm not testing. Not. <laughs> testing. I'm testing ads. I'm not playing with the ads. Um, so one thing that's always been difficult to play nicely in the sandbox is uh, healthcare and mm. health related things. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of clients right now that deal with um, different variations of rehab 
mm-hmm. uh, physical rehabilitation or uh, on the senior variety mm-hmm. or senior mm-hmm. community. Uh, so another type of rehab is drug rehab. Mm-hmm. Uh, rehab facilities. Drug and alcohol yeah. abuse and things yeah. like that. So a couple years ago, Google put the kibosh on um, substance abuse rehab type advertising in their PPC world because of the um, methodology and the hacking and the cutthroat straight up um, scammers that are out there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of scams in the regard to that and there's a lot of kickbacks happening back and forth. So Google just eliminated it with the promise that they'd come up with a um, solution for that. Mm -hmm. So what they've just rolled out is a partnership with a company called LegitScript (laughs) where advertisers can get certified to um, get on a whitelist in order to work with these rehab facilities, these legit rehab yeah. facilities. So the advertisers and the facilities uh, have to go through the training and make promises and have it in writing and sign off on basically some contracts in order to say that we're the real deal and we can start getting advertising rolling in those regards again. Um, this just just came out. This is more of just a note. We have this isn't something that would directly affect us here at Black. No, Trump. no, but you know the it not directly affect anybody that that we work with. To your point, Pat. I mean, you're being vague about it, which is great. But you know, more in that call it physical rehabilitation type space. Nothing related to to drug and alcohol mm-hmm. rehab. Um, take that even aside. If you were working in pharmaceutical, nutraceutical um, uh, realm. Even if it was homeopathic OTC, mm-hmm. so homeopathic over the counter, uh, all of those could fall in this category of 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 pharmacy. They're they're going to fall under what legit script? Yes, yeah. dude. Legit script's actually been around for a while, right? And they've always been that third party that has flagged a lot of things. And it's like if you got a if you got a negative a negative um, note on your company or brand in legit script. That was it's almost like it ran up the flagpole at, at yeah, Google. Yeah. So this criteria um, in this ability to get this rolling again and get yourself advertising isn't going to come cheap, unfortunately. There is a cost. Oh, they're going to charge for it. Oh, there is a charge. Um, and I guess that makes sense. You know, if you're going to go through this and if it's that important to you, there's, you know, there's a fee for professional mm-hmm. services out there. Mm-hmm. Um, legit is going to charge about... $1,000 to get your foot in the door, hmm. and then there's an annual charge on top of that of another um, $2,000. Wow. So uh, it's it's pricey. You know, you basically your first year is going to cost you three grand, and then it's going to be two grand thereafter. So your large your large rehab facilities are going to totally go after it, and yeah. uh, and and to hell with the, the local community nonprofit organizations right. that, you know, <laughs> are, are trying to... Uh, you know, help people. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Good job, Google. There was a question if this type of um, regimentation was going to roll out to the marijuana industry mm. that a lot of states are going through now. Because currently you cannot advertise marijuana related even Correct. in states where it's legal. Similar to tobacco or tobacco alternatives. Right. Mm. Well, they advertise uh, based on federal regulations and marijuana is still... Uh, at illegal at a federal level, regardless of what the state says you can or can't do. So uh, because that's a federal crime at this point still, there is no um, 
advertising allowed for that at this point based mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Google standards and uh, legit script standards. Mm. Interesting. Uh, are there are there gray areas there at all? Or There's gray areas. Did you, not read, did you <laughs> not read into that too much? Uh, the, the, I didn't get that deep into it as okay. far as the gray areas. In terms of dispensary bet, versus... Yeah, 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 I'm willing to bet that... Um, as a CYA for those companies, mm-hmm. the gray area becomes a black area real yeah. fast. Yeah. So it's it does be I'm sure it does become black and white for them. Hmm. Yeah, you know, you you bring up a good point. Um, it would be interesting to see how legit script does things because it 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 was very much a black and white on anything pharma related. Mm-hmm. I think it always has been. But you even have to watch it too if you're doing any work in healthcare. Um, or if you're doing any work with, you know, even if you're like a major grocery store, grocery store chain or something like that, and you want to start, um, um, maybe promoting your vaccination services and things like that, it's pretty common for geez, a lot of major grocery store chains, like your Kroger's and things like that of the world now all have a clinic and, and you can get your flu shot while you wait type of thing. Right. Um, there's certain hoops to jump through there yeah. to even advertise and get accepted and say, no, we're, we're legitimate. There's certain disclaimers and things like that you have to have uh, to, to put that into motion. So Once upon a time, I worked uh, on a client before Black Truck. Uh, it was a prescription discount card mm, that uh, individuals <laughs> could sign up for and take to their local pharmacy and get discounts. It was 100% legit. Wow. There was no scam about it. However, it was a very difficult game to do the marketing with. Mm-hmm. Not not even the PPC side, just the, the regular um, organic search marketing. And we got flagged left and right, and things got blacklisted everywhere, even though it was legit, because it was that gray area. You know, it's not a pharmacy. It's not a pharmaceutical product. It's a way to get the average consumer, their, the in, the consumer that doesn't have insurance, get their scripts at a more cost-effective rate, even if it's only like 10 bucks off or something, you know, 10 bucks is 10 bucks for the average consumer. And it's that gray area. The gray area comes black real fast. Hmm. Well, I think to add to that too, we're right on the, uh, let's see, today is the 27th, we're right on the cusp of it. Uh, tomorrow is April 28th, which is National Prescription Drug Take Back Day. Oh. And so I bring that up as a flip side to this mm-hmm. coin discussion that Google is using its search skills to help fight the opiate addiction that we, we so uh, is it the have. recycling in the program US. that I see something? Yeah, like so that. what they've done is they've applied their, um, they've applied their technology partnered with the uh, Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, and created a prescription drug take-back tool. So you can jump over to the tool, um, and and basically what you can do is you can see in, in your region, you can drill down on a Google map to see uh, how many locations are, are near you for prescription drug take-backs, hmm. what, what the location is. Um, it could be anything like public safety, excuse me, Areas of which is what a lot of them seem to be as police um, type of headquarters, all the way to um, certain Walgreens are participating. Hmm. So it's really anybody that's participating in this this type of a, a program. They've they've mapped it out. Um, they have dates on here. Uh, there's there's a time. Um, obviously, you can get uh, you know driving driving instructions and things like that, um, and stats hmm. on. Uh, 
you know, the, the opiate crisis. So, um, that's kind of nice to see them put their, you know, put their skills to work and yeah. use. So, oh, fun, 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 fun. I feel like I, I know a lot of time has passed, but I feel like I need to uh, explain my awkward laugh earlier when Patrick brought I up... That was no means throwing you under the bus. Le- legit scripts. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. When you said legit scripts and I giggled because <laughs> we had a conversation recently where uh, you just realized that legit is short for legitimate. Yeah, and... it was one of those things. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah>. Semantics. <laughs> Semantics. No, so she I'm... threw you under the bus. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thanks. Pull me out at some point, Kate. Thanks. <laughs> Well, I can uh, pick up from here. Um, recently, I've been working with a client on a section of their website where they list events. And there are a few different ways, probably more than a few different ways, to go about this on, on your website, depending on what your strategy is mm-hmm. for why that information is there and if you want it to be indexable and findable through search. Um in this case, it was just more of a, a listing situation, but there was um, some existing pages that needed to be no-indexed, and um, I found this topic covered on a recent article from Yoast, so I was interested in what they had to say. And basically, right in line with what I was thinking, um, they were asked the question of, you know, do I keep these pages, all of these event pages on my site because it's makes up a big percentage of the pages on my site. So if this person was worried, you know, if I take these down, then I'm going to lose a lot of pages on my site. Um, And the response to that was, you know, if the pages are really thin and there's not a lot of value there, then it's worth taking those down and redirecting. Um, But if they're really rich pages, that you can keep them as sort of a history on history drew that out history (laughs) on your site um and then of course if it's a yearly event um the suggestion was to have a page that returns every year and i would even say have that page stay up year round um, because then your rankings for that event will improve over time so no different than uh um uh, like a, a 2018 state of the state or a, a 2018 yeah. list of who's who. They, then you updated in 2019, and it's been updated ever since, you know, maybe you started that in 2015 or 2016, right? right. I mean, you're just kind of keeping that whole that whole theme rolling along. Right. Nice. I like that. And in, in this case, too, we're talking about uh, specifically, we're not talking about, like, um, you're an event space or something like that. It's almost, this is provided even more of a challenge because you're thinking more like uh, brand manufacturer, that, that level that might be participating in an event. Mm-hmm. There certainly, I think with the power of SEO was an opportunity for uh, us to deploy a strategy that probably could have dominated that and, and still does, I think, uh, dominate that that main events <laughs> website, but that's not the main focus of, of what it is for. It's, right. it's more like this is the, the, the brand's presence. This is where you can find us, mm-hmm. that type of theme. And um, I think it goes to show you to make sure you have a really good understanding of how events, um, these, these pages or posts that are very dynamic, like because most of our sites are now database-driven. I Gosh, I hope so. But when you have someone that's maybe in charge of publishing all of the events mm-hmm. or someone that's in charge of publishing all the deals and things like that, um, 
keeping a tight list on like when is it a duplicate you know URL or and all it's doing is throwing a number on the end of it yep. when you could have just updated, updated the original it. page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So that's a really good thing. Yeah. Uh, good segue then for what I'm going to talk about yeah. then. So uh, I'm going to stick with the content theme and uh, talking about Google's take on image-heavy pages. Hmm. So I have been a fan recently of uh, a lot of the uh, Ask Me Anything themes, so AMAs, um, specifically with uh, Google's John Mueller in kind of the the webmaster-type hangouts that that he hosts. Um, And to to preface this to say, in, in a lot of our discussions it should be known that content, when we talk about content, content marketing, content on a page, anything like that, it's not just limited to text. Still, I am, I am amazed at the number of, of you know, marketers that, mm. that we work with, even web, web designers and web developers that strictly view text as content. And, and that's really far from the truth because content on a site can be inclusive of various elements. It can be text, so written words, it can be images, it can be video, all of those things. And it seems very common, at least lately in web design, that we see an overuse of either very large images, which Pat's touched on a number of times and how that can affect the performance of your site and slowing it down. Um, Or we see them that are built, pages that are built out with just heavy image usage um, and so there was, there's a good article we'll link to from, uh, the SEM post that Jennifer Slag wrote. Um, but there's some good points in here on the AMA with, with Google's John Mueller on, on how pages that are heavy up on images. So like limited or no text and it's all image or images, how those can be problematic in search. And I think that if you've been in the search space or search industry, or you followed any of it for a long time, you would sit here and go, well, no kidding. Why, you know, because mm-hmm. people are going to say, well, Google can't read, you know, text that's in an Im- image. They can't really, I mean, unless it's in Google Images, yes, they can decipher what that's about, but it doesn't provide them with enough context. So, um, so to back up, the, the issue with pages that are very image-centric is that Google's looking for the text on the page as actual content it's using for rankings. They're not using the image or any text that's embedded in the image to rank that page that totally could go into play for image search. So image alt tags, the way you're naming your files and things like that. But that has nothing to do with how a page where that image is found is going to rank that Mm. page specifically Mm -hmm. necessarily. Um, So some sites with a lot of images and limited text, it's going to be difficult for Google to interpret what that page is about. Therefore, hard for them to get ahead in um, in the SERPs. It's not that that page won't um, index. Ranking will be very difficult. Um, so John went on a real good deep dive um, in brief, but deep, just to discuss how sometimes user-generated content around images could be helpful, mm. um, which is a really great point that he brings up because Google's discussed before that sometimes they can weigh more in favor of user-generated content on a page um, because there's engagement and it's fresh. Um, People have found it, you know, oh, you came came from search to this page and you felt compelled to leave a comment. Um, So one thing that he said was if there was a way, I'm taking this a little bit out of context and 
and putting my own words to it, but um, think about if there was a way, if you had a series of images, it was maybe a gallery, it was very heavy, but you encouraged people to leave a comment about it. Um, maybe it was an event page. Mm -hmm. It was very image-centric, image-focused, but people were contributing by making public comments in there. Um, hopefully not spammy with, with links right. and stuff like that, but um, I wanted to talk about um, ways in which you could actually combat that and you know actually create some content on that page. Mm. You know, I think the user-generated content idea is great, but that's not good for every company. So talking about the user-generated content, I guess tell me more what you mean by that in the form of a photo. Not photo. Comments, context, uh, so, so text on the page. So submitting comments. Gotcha. So in articles, blogs, yeah, forums. Let, yeah, let's say there's a let's say there's a, a a blog post and there's like a sentence of text and then it's image, 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 right. image. That's like a, a photography website. Mm-hmm. Talking about a specific yep. gallery. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. Or an event website talking yeah. about a specific event. Right. Here's all the photos from yesterday's event. Yeah. There's little little you're gonna, yeah and then if you're um event photographer and you've got 10 pages from the last 10 events you just did mm -hmm. with the same introductory text you're going to have duplicate content issue right mm -hmm. right google's not going to be able to decipher between those two so um you know one thing that we've always recommended is even if you could come up with just a nice short snippet of of description of what that event was or a description you know really you have to do your diligence and tell a search engine what this page is about i mean this don't get lazy and just post photos on this page because it it looks cool that that's not going to help you in the end you know i did your reading um discuss anything about what we've seen in a lot of tourism sites the plugin that will correspond <laughs> with instagram and no no in. no but we we certainly have seen our fair share of it i think it's yeah. a plugin within the cms simple view yep we see a lot in uh, any work that we've done, I think, with, within SimpleView, which is used a lot within the destination marketing and travel and tourism space, um, seems to be a very, very common theme because they're all pushing for user-generated content, in this case, images around their area that are tagged and filtered and pulled in. It's a great way to display images, yeah. although tough to police, so user yeah. buyer beware, <laughs> but there's certainly been pages that we have audited that fall directly into what is being discussed here and that there's like hardly anything on there to tell us what this page might even right. be about, right? Right. So then in, a, in that same scenario I described is when it's like a view through, it's not that, that Instagram content really isn't on that page. Right. It's a window. Right. Is Google ignoring that? Does Google not see it? That's a great question. I don't know. My gut says no and I wouldn't trust I wouldn't trust it, mm -hmm. but then again, I wouldn't trust 100% what Google says either, right? right? I mean, there's certainly been a number of instances when it comes to like rel canonical and things yep. like that recently where they right. completely ignored yep. or no index, yeah, they'll completely ignore too. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust that. The other thing too is you don't know how that third party tool is pulling that information in, right? If it's if it's scrubbed somehow or scraped somehow, mm -hmm. um, or what if that what if that tool breaks? You know, again, you're yeah. you're kind of yep. leaving it. You're you're putting it in the hands of, of a third party tool. I think our 
our saying often here is very much like you, what, as an SEO, especially when it comes to on-page, you're trying your best to, to make sure you take full ownership over all the real estate you have. You want, you want as much control over your content as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that approach with that third-party plugin, while it's cool and it's a great way to do it, like... And get some content on that page. Agreed. I don't know. Uh, full disclosure, not a fan of that plugin. No, I think it slows those sites down. If Simple View yeah. wasn't wasn't performance um, limited mm-hmm. enough, um, I, I think that uh, those add-ons and plugins like that just just there's better ways to do it. Out. Yeah, totally, totally. So. Um, add some content in there. Um, Ashley, do you have any suggestions? And by content, you mean text. Yes, thank you. In this case. Sorry. (laughs) Here I go eating my own words. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. And just going back to the idea of user-generated content, I don't know if it's the same article that I read recently, but I, I saw that suggested recently as well. And I think it's great, especially to try to get users engaged, but I wonder... Depending on again what you mentioned, what your um, kind of what your market is, what your audience is, um, if people are even going to engage in that way, and and how you go about doing that. So yeah, yeah the best strategy is again t- to take control and put the content, the text, put put the content in text on the page, kind yes. of like what we were talking about with videos too. How how well I was going to say how videos can't be read, but that's. We're seeing that that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe starting to change here. We've talked yeah. about that recently on the podcast. Well, I think it's easy. It's, I think I wonder if it's almost easier for them to understand what the video is about because there's a in most cases there's an audio track associated with it. So there's a, is right. there a listening arm of that they can quickly go through and pick words out versus mm-hmm. just spatial recognition in an image. Mm-hmm. Now, what would happen if I um, overlaid all my text into an image? flattened it, saved it as a JPEG, and then just only put that image on my page. With the text in the image? Yeah. It's not no, going to find it. I know. Right? I'm, I'm kind of being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we see that a lot where people have their text totally right. embedded in the image as part of a, just, it's basically at that point, just a colored pixel. Mm-hmm. It's right. not telling the machines anything. Yeah. And, you know, um, people who do that, good on you for wanting to deliver that information to your audience, but it's not, it's not helpful for search. Right. And a lot of times I think it's done, it's done, um, because they believe it looks better mm-hmm. because the designer typically can have more control over, right? They, they knock it down in a Photoshop file. Here you go. You upload that image into your slider and yeah. bada boom, bada bing. And it doesn't, there's no value there. It's only helping the people that see it. Mm-hmm. And if that's the only thing that's on that page, like if it's a promo page or a specials page or something like that, and that's the only thing on that page. Yep. We had a client specifically, I, I won't name it, but. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They um, had events and they did PDF flyers to their snail mail and printables and things like that. And then they would turn that pdf into an image file on their page and have their page about that event be just that PDF. <laughs> oh boy so there's like triple conflicting yeah signals going on yep wow wow so be very clear and concise i think is you know at the end of the day if you want uh google to know about something mm-hmm. talk about it yeah mm-hmm. along those lines there's a couple pretty 
useful blog posts that I've noticed um, our client, one of our clients has from kind of years ago, actually, that would still be relevant today. And um, the text itself, there's not much there. It acts as a blurb to kind of introduce an infographic that has all the information mm-hmm. in it. So mm-hmm. what I want to do is take the text that's in the infographic, make sure that's on the page, and then the infographic can still be shared, especially because yeah. this client says that recently uh, Pinterest has been a great um Infographics are a great Source example of what we just discussed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so infographics are great, but make sure that that information is also on the page if you want it to be found in yeah. search. Yep, yep. Same thing with the video, though, too. I mean, I think that that if you're going to embed a video on your site, wrap some wrap some, some text around that yep. to uh, to do yourself a favor and do your users a favor and, and, uh, and, and help everyone out. Uh, by putting some some context behind it also. I do have a little addition to this conversation. Oh, all right. Bonus round. (laughs) I don't have very deep details on this, but this is something that came up in my reading today is apparently Google wants to make audio more searchable. And they have a their like podcast product team, which I guess I didn't even realize was a thing. Can we get on the beta? Um, they want to double the amount of podcast listening in the world over the next couple of years, apparently. And I guess one way that this will happen will be with any metadata that is associated with podcasts. And instead of, um, well, maybe not instead of, but it'll help people find podcasts through topical searches so an example that i saw in one of these articles that we'll link to was um there's obviously a lot of interest in the kardashian family oh god i can't believe that name was this utter i'm sorry i'm sorry but um um chris jenner was recently a guest on Janet Mock's podcast and so there's potential that if someone were searching for chris jenner they could potentially somehow find this podcast mm. because she was a guest on right. there and it would be in the metadata and depending on how Google is planning to incorporate mm. that in their search. Mm. Know, Interesting. Okay, yeah. so does that mean the, the, the actual result that shows up in the SERP, is it the SoundCloud file? That I don't know. Or is it the embed, for example, with Black Truck, we create a, um, basically a blog post about our podcast. Right. And... Um, our file is embedded in the page. Right. So... I believe it would be... It could be the audio itself from what I've gathered. Yeah. I, but again, I haven't I haven't dug too deep into that. But... Um, hmm. I, yeah, there was, so there was something recently that just came out. Um, trying to find it kind of on the fly here, so I apologize. But um, from... You probably saw it too. Was it Zach Renault? Yes. Is that who it is? Yep. Uh, so it's from uh, Pacific Content did the post on this. Uh, about four or five days ago about their podcasting strategy and um, how people are going to find and listen to it. So uh, what they simply state here is that um, in the long term, podcasts will show up in Google search as first class citizens (laughs) alongside text, image, and video results you are used. So uh, basically rich um, 
rich results, if you will, mm-hmm. with rich snippets. Um, if you do a search right now, you're going to see any number of what they're <laughs> referring to as first-class citizens. Um, you'll get some. You'll get text results. You get images. You get videos. In this case, you'll also see podcasts that pull in there. Um, your podcast listening experience will be seamless uh, across devices and contexts, thanks to Google Assistant. And then Google's speech and language understanding will open doors to bring futuristic features to life. Um, mm. I think this. I mean, I think that a lot of this makes sense. I mean, Google Assistant now has a phenomenal, uh, you know, uh, listening. Uh, technology behind it. You know, I remember when one of the first apps I used to play with was, um, uh, what was that one that you could uh, open up and you could listen to any any song and it would tell you what it is? Was it SoundHound or something like that? Does that make sense? The app? Well, yeah, that was one of them too. Um, that's, that's all baked into Google Assistant now too. Mm. I mean, I can, I think if my phone's unlocked, I can swipe, move my thumb to the right. It basically goes to Google Assistant. I could hold it up to, you know, audio playing and it's going to go and find that. Hmm. So I don't think that that, um, that's probably not too far off because they already have the technology or have acquired the technology. So, um, again, it still goes back to this, this mobile first index, mobile's driving it. If you want to try and understand what the future of search could potentially even look like, um, start playing in the mobile space and looking at, uh, specifically, I would say, get a, you know, get a Google phone so, <laughs> per, per, per Cindy, uh, Cindy Crumb's recommendation. So, all right, cool. Great, great info. Keep an eye on your, uh, on, on your SERPs results and, uh, uh, movement within search with these algorithm updates, content, keep your content in check. If it's light. How can you update it? If it's image heavy, what can you do there to add some actual context to it in the form of written text as content uh, or video too? You do the same. Do the same thing for your video strategy. And then uh, per per Pat's point, um, if you find yourself in this rehabilitation um, zone or or industry vertical and are are looking to advertise. You're going to be able to, but there's there's some hoops and costs associated mm-hmm. with it. So it'll be interesting. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for sharing. And uh, thanks to everyone who continues to listen. And until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.